0: For listening to our podcast recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford, you can find out more about us on our website gatewaychurchashford.ku.k. So, the kingdom of God—what does it look like? And uh, yeah, what is it, and what it look like when it comes? There's two great questions. I've just been. Um, has anybody got um, the kingdom of God by? Um, uh, the, the director's cut by, oh, what's that guy's name, that, that producer? Uh, anybody? Ridley? Scott. Scott, Ridley Scott. I mean, it's a bit gory, I've got to be honest, but, um, <clears throat> um, but uh, it's, a, it's a, a story of the Third Crusade, um, where the knights and uh, individual lords and, and, and soldiers would go from Europe and travel across to Jerusalem to try and maintain. The, the finger grip hold of Jerusalem from the um, Muslims under, um, I can't even get that guy's name, Solomon, Sula, is it? Saladin. Sorry? Saladin. Saladin, thanks. I know there was, this is a family, isn't it? I love this. And, uh, and so that's what it's about. And, uh, and it's interesting that he calls this the kingdom of God. That this is, God's people, quote unquote, <laughs> yeah, um, going and with a military might to put a cross there um, and re-establish in their eyes God's kingdom, that God's kingdom would come in physical geographical ways. That was their understanding of the kingdom. I don't think that is what Jesus' understanding of the kingdom of God is, the rule of God. Um, one of the most uh, powerful photographs ever taken in the Second World War... Have we, have we got it to, to... Did we load it up? OK. Um, ..was uh, the Americans uh, airborne taking Jima, Island in the Pacific. And these, uh, these soldiers go to the top of this hill and they're, they're all gathering out, and they're putting a flag in the ground. Has anybody seen that image? And it's like... There's, it's very, very famous... And it burns into your, to your psyche and mind your heart. Wow, this is... They wanted to take ground for, for right against wrong. Plain and simple, that. And uh, that's a bit like how the, these early crusaders... That's how they thought about the kingdom. Now, I, I think what happened um, uh, in the Second War, it was of necessity, overcoming evil and dictatorship. But how Jesus overcomes evil... It's not by chopping people's heads off. He came to win people back to God. And so today that's what we want to look at. So, Father, I pray you give me extraordinary help to communicate your heart and your passion, what you want to do in us, so that you can do stuff through us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. When Jesus declared the kingdom of God is at hand, when he was 30 years of age, he stepped upon to the world scene. And the first word that he said is recorded in Mark 1.15. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what's our response to the annunciation that Jesus is bringing the, the kingdom of the Father, God's rule? The first response has to be, Jesus said, repent. Simple as that. Not a big preach, is it? Repent. You know, I could just say repent, sit down, I'd be very biblical. And you're left with a problem, because what do you do with it? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, So Matthew calls it the, the kingdom of heaven, elsewhere it's referred to the kingdom of God. Basically, it means the same thing. I don't want to go off into nuances, but it's God's rule. God's rule and reign, it comes from a Greek word called Basilia. So the Roman Catholic Church, the Basilica in Rome, that's where Roman Catholic would see that God from which God rules physically in a geographical location, the basilica. And they have armed guards there in funny outfits, which is quite quaint, really. Right? But that wasn't Jesus' idea of the coming kingdom. It it's not a piece of land. That's why we don't have a sanctuary. And, you know you have to speak in, speak in hushed tones when you come into this. It doesn't matter. Because the kingdom of God, the rule of God, comes in here. Yes. Have you got that? So becoming a Christian is not going to church. That's wrong thinking. Becoming a Christian is letting God into your heart and let his wonderful godly rule of gentleness and purity. Wash away your sins. Jesus, come into my life. That's being a Christian. You can go to church all your life and not be a Christian. Repent. Jesus didn't say the kingdom of God is at hand, you better go to church. Did he? That's not what it's about. Right? You end up at church because God's come in you and you've got to go. <laughs> because you've got to be with God's people. The enemy Jesus was taking ground from was Satan himself. In Ephesians 2, chapter verse 2, he writes to the Christians in Turkey this is Paul now writing later on, Jesus died, raised from the dead, ascended. Apostle Paul, he writes this, he says, you, Turkish Christians, were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Interesting, isn't it? You walked in trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. There was a lifestyle that you walked in because you were dead. Yes, that's right. There was a deadness to God and therefore you walked in ignorance. It was a lifestyles thing, You once walked following the course of this world. Well, everybody else does it. Why can't I do it? Man, we're getting in a right mess in our nation because everybody else is doing it. We might as well do it. If it doesn't harm anybody, it's okay. No, it's not okay. We've got to give accountability to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. When you're not a Christian, you're in one kingdom or you're in the other. The kingdom of God... Or the kingdom of darkness. You can't do the splits. You're either in or out. But people try to be in and out. Even Christians who have given their lives to Jesus Christ. Sometimes the temptation to go back into your old ways. Because your first love for Jesus, it slips. I'm just so glad God's a God of grace and he holds us. Come on back, come on back, come on back. You're living in a far country, come on back. The book of Revelation, uh, eleven fifteen, 15, it reveals what's going to happen later on. It says, the seventh angel blew a trumpet and there was loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world, <laughs> Satan's kingdom, I'm not talking about geography. There's, there's, a king. there's something, unseen powers at work. Yeah? And they can work in your life. where Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Right? We can all be vulnerable. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus, and his, of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. You see, there is total peace in heaven. There's no more warfare when God rolls it all up and everything submitted to the, under the footstool of Jesus Christ. We don't see it, but we know he's, we see it in heaven by faith. That it will happen one day when the devil will be cast into the pit that's been prepared for him. Hell was prepared for Satan, you know that. And we will celebrate eternity of peace in the, in the reign of God. Can you imagine that? A kingdom, a future glory where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more war, no more jealousy. And Jesus prays, he tells his disciples to pray rather, pray like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, on earth as, it's done in, as it is in heaven. So, there is this possibility, an uh, injunction upon us, that we, God's people, pray to bringing the kingdom of God into today. That's why we've been talking about this ever increasing kingdom. When Jesus first said, The kingdom of God is here, repent. That was the kingdom of God inaugurated. And when he comes back, finally, the second coming, that would be completed. And all the time in between, the kingdom is forcibly advancing. When whatever, however, heaven's coming to us more and more, the future is now coming into the present, it's because a kingdom is being established. And so the, the kingdom and the church are not one and the same. That's where there's a mistake with the Roman Catholics. I have to say that they make the, the, the kingdom of God and the, and the church one and the same, and it becomes authoritarianism. Right? We are not the, we, This is the church, not the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God comes through the church, as it comes through your and our lives together, both individually and corporately. So. When you did that youth weekend last week, the ki- weekend, the kingdom of God was coming through the teaching, through the prayer, through the fellowship. Lives were being aligned to the rule of Jesus. Young lives were. It was fabulous. Well done. You and the team. John Wimber rightly said, if you've heard of John Wimber, we are living in the presence of the future. That's what we say, all things are possible to him who believes. That has to be the reason why Jesus taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come. So it is possible and a future reality that the kingdom of God will grow and expand through us more this year, sorry, next year than this year. And that's what I want. Do you want that? Do you want more of the kingdom of God in the church? And into the world? Thank you. You've got to want it. You've got a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Man, that's a big one. To hunger and thirst after righteousness. You can have all the verses, read all the books, and want to move in the power of God to see his kingdom come. But if your heart's not right inside, there's a problem. So Jesus, um, um, Carl, last week read from the prophet Isaiah, um, chapter 61. And as Jesus, at the inauguration of his ministry, in Luke chapter 4, it it records, Luke records the moment where Jesus goes to his own town of Nazareth. And he goes to the local synagogue, that's where Jews would have gone at that time, um, to to hear the scriptures read. And Jesus comes to the front the scrolls are unrolled. And he said this, verse 17 of chapter 4. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it he found it, where it was written: The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. This is the kingdom, church. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives. For the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. There's stuff about justice in there, isn't there? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa. Powerful stuff. What they'd longed for was fulfilling their hearing the kingdom of God had arrived, had landed. The portal of the kingdom of God was opened in the life of Jesus and they were just right... It was just, it was just touching their lives. The tragedy is the kingdom of God, you can be in the presence of God doing stuff and speaking revelatory truth, and you can remain unchanged because it's not touched and it's not taken seed root in your heart. So we think we've got it and we go and, 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 and try to implement it, but if our hearts aren't right, there'll be something wrong. Mike Breen, in his excellent book, The Kingdom and the Covenant, comments this. After Jesus' baptism, we read in Luke 4 that Jesus went into the desert, full of the Holy Spirit, this is before he spoke in Nazareth, right? So, after his baptism, he goes into the desert uh, for 40 days to be tempted. Most of you know that, don't you? Yeah, To be tempted of the devil. And he said this, after Jesus' baptism, we read that Jesus went into the desert full of the Holy Spirit. Who's been full of the Holy Spirit? Wow, fabulous. When he came out, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Oh, something going on here. He was full going in and returned in the power going out. Something happened in the desert that caused something else, another dynamic to to work in his life. And the reason being is this. He walked through temptation well. Satan wanted to stop the advance of the kingdom in its tracks by getting Jesus to fail. To say no to God and yes to the temptations that the enemy gave him. Had Jesus... You just, to put your, you just imagine for a moment, if you can, if Jesus had given in to temptation and his heart hadn't been steadfast, he couldn't have stood up, in Nazareth, and said, Today, this is fulfilled in your head. Yeah. Because if you're going to move in authority, this is Jesus' words, not mine, you have to be under authority. So I'm looking at some wonderful policemen around. They know this. You can't have authority. Authority that policemen have is delegated, you're given it by the crown. If a policeman goes on his own authority, dangerous stuff. Right? we have authority to move in the kingdom power only as much as we are submitted to him, the king, internally. That's what I'm saying to you. And so there's a correlation. As we move in more power, as we move more in power out there, we've got to move deeper into God in here. I want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, I've got to live my life, seen and unseen, in obedience to him. I've got to let him transform my heart. To live aligned with him, my heart, that internal stuff aligned with him. And Jesus had to win the vital battles of the heart out of sight of the crowds before he engaged in stepping out in kingdom power to others. He couldn't move in kingdom authority if there within him existed internal fraternizing or surrendering to the enemy. In the Second World War, they had these um, collaborate. Is that collaborate. Is that the right word? Where they, um, when the um, one invading army would come in and, and the, the, civ- the civil population would fraternize with the soldiers. I think it happened a lot in Germany, in, in France, didn't it? Collaboration. Collaboration. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, thank you. Brothers and sisters, those of you who know Christ, we can be collaborators with the enemy in a warfare situation. This is a difficult word, but it's gospel. I don't know about you, but I can grasp the logic, would say, if we're to move in kingdom power and authority to bring healing, freedom, liberty and justice for the oppressed, we, we can't extend God's rule out there when it hasn't impacted us in here, in our heart. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. That's why Jesus said repent. Come on, let repentance go deep down. Let let God let let God search your heart in the quiet place. Yeah. Somebody said the most important part of your prayer life is the fifteen minutes after you've said Amen. Just waiting. On God. What's he saying to you? What, what is he putting his finger on? I hope you want God to put finger, his finger on things that are not right in your life, that need his changing power. I hope you do that. King David said, Lord, test my this is a big prayer, is it? Test my heart and see if there's any unclean way in me. He'd seen something of the kingdom of God as he could do in that limited revelation that he had 700 years before Jesus. 800, 900 years, whatever it was. Jesus, in John chapter 17, he'd already dedicated himself at baptism. He didn't need to be baptised, but he identified himself with a, a people that needed saving. Then we see at the end of his ministry, prior to the night, the night of the cross, before the cross, he gets into God of in Gethsemane, and he said, Father, I sanctify myself... That they may be truly sanctified. You see, it's a life of sanctification, he, because he didn't want to go through with the cross. You know that. You've got to know that he didn't want to go through the cross. It was too painful to become sin for us. He didn't want to taste taste the sin. And he said, "God, Father, if it's possible that this cup of suffering may pass be away from me, let it be so." Obviously, Father was. Sometimes God speaks in the silence. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's a heart sanctified. Holiness means it's not, it's not having a big Bible, holy, and looking miserable. Holiness is being totally separated for God in here. Are you, are you totally separated for God? Have you done business with God? When was the last time you really... You really got before God. Why am I saying this? I'm not beating you up, please. I'm preparing you for what God wants to do through us as a people. Because I believe with all my heart the kingdom of God is going to break out more and more amongst us yes. and through us. Yes. So when Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God in his teaching on the, on the mount, um, um, the, the sermon on the Beatitudes, he drilled down to addressing the issues. Because it's all about the kingdom. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of heaven. Anger. Okay. Frustration. Lust. Retaliation. Control. You see, you can't move in... You can't be under authority if you're trying to control. You're trying to control others. No. I submit to you. The failure of God's ancient people in the Old Testament, of whom God He pronounced this: these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Man. Now today, we are encouraged to pray out loud. How great is God? It was a bit meagre. Let's be honest. It was a bit meagre. We want the omega. Alpha and omega, not meagerness. We should have been queuing up. We should, honestly, brothers and sisters, we should have been queuing up. Come on. Don't you think God is great? Well, why aren't you doing Why aren't you declaring it? Right? Oh, Graham, you're hurting me. No, I'm not. I am just want to expose you to got heart for you he's got a passion for you got a passion for you so the son's quest was to restore our hearts that inner self-consciousness that seat of our the seat of our decision making and the root of our affections to be surrendered to his kingly rule it's an upside down kingdom the more we surrender the more freedom we've got it's bizarre isn't it the more we surrender, the more freedom we've got. Sue, um, I, because I love Sue so much, I, I paid for a, flight, a glider flight for her upon charring. I was so blessed that she was flying, and, uh, and I just, uh, you know, I would have gone anyway, but I just wanted to... And she was scared stiff, and I'll never do it again. But she came back. She said, the instructor said, she's like over at Ashford, she said, to go up, you've got to press the joystick down. I wanted to pull the joystick back to go up, and I went down. It's an upside-down... Yeah? To go up, you go down. Yeah. To go up, you go down. If you want to fly higher in God's purposes and, and God's purposes to work through you, you go down. The more we submit to him, within, the more freedom we will have. David Livingstone. Who's ever heard of David Livingstone? That great missionary to Africa. Oh, man, he, was a, he knew how to live a surrendered life. This is his, one of his prayers. Reign in me, sovereign Lord. Reign in me, the internal real me, when no one is looking. Oh, a life fully surrendered to be used. You see, there's, there comes a tiredness, church. And if you're not a Christian yet, I say this to you. There's a tiredness that, come in, that comes from living in no man's land. You're neither fully in, functionally. The thing about a Christian, I'll tell you this. Once you're a Christian, you can't can't sin and be happy. You can't do it. I'll say that again. Once you're a Christian, you can't sin and be happy. So know what you're taking on. Know what you're taking on. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, you won't be able to sin and be happy, but you'll be fulfilled because sin is deceptive that's the problem with sin it's a sugar coated poison when the sugar's worn off there's just isolation, fear, confusion and despair that's why God says don't do it because behind sin is the tempter who's out to destroy God's joy in people In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 the apostle writes to this young Timothy young church leader in Ephesus he says this Timothy in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some are for special purposes and some are for common use those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Those who cleanse themselves. Oh, that doesn't sound very gospel <laughs> No, those who cleanse themselves. Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was saying, there is an expectation from the Holy Spirit that if you want to be instruments for special purposes... I guess you do. Useful to the master, prepared to do any good work, you need to cleanse yourself. There seems to be a real emphasis in the New Testament writings on the role we have to play in sanctification. A cleansed life, awash with forgiveness of Jesus through the cross, prepares us, Ready for becoming portals of the kingdom of God. many portals everywhere, whether it's work, rest play, church, furniture project, whatever you're doing, as you live a life of submitted to God, the kingdom can break out through you, gush out through you any moment, because it's, it, there's no hindrances. You ever, have you been to those uh, inland waterways where the, um, the locks, the gates uh, are not fully open? And the boat's waiting to rise to the new level. And frustrating because you've got to open the whole lock gate for the water to go through. That's why no compromise. Jesus said to the church at um, one of the churches in the Revelation, Laodicea. He said, you're neither hot nor cold. As soon as you're cold and be lukewarm, I mean, who likes... I can't understand proper coffee. These people are going about proper coffee. It's lukewarm, isn't it? I mean you can't anyway, that's another I, 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 I digress. But I... you're neither hot nor cold. I say, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Man, that says something. That's your Jesus whom you love. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Look upon this little child. I'll spew you out of my mouth. If you're neither hot nor cold. You're not gonna have fellowship with me. It won't affect your destiny, but you won't have fellowship with me because I want all of you. When you get married, if you, if you if God leads you in that way. If you get married, you have to learn that you have to give everything to your partner. Honestly, it's far more costly than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said preach it. <laughs> but it can only work that way. It can only work that way. Give it all and not at all. Yeah. But God's will is you give it all. You give it all. Those who cleanse themselves. James 4, we've just done the the epistle of James so well. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. He's talking to Christians. Come on. Come near to God. And he will come near to you. Who wants God to come near to them? Oh, yes, 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 with all my fingers and digits. And my toes and feet as well. But for that to happen, I've got to draw near to God got to do it. I've got to spend time with God. Grace received does not mean we take a passive stance within the process of being made holy. It's because God for those who know Jesus Christ there's a wonderful verse in Hebrews it said now because you are you're now perfect in his eyes because of the cross paraphrase me because of the cross he's now making you holy. Don't mistake perfection and holiness. You're accepted isn't that wonderful? And now I'm make, Now let's work on your holiness. I'll work with you. So some a place of, I love you. I love you. I, but I want the best for you. Let's work this through. I see you as perfect. So you don't have to try to be accepted. I've accepted you. Yeah. But now, come on. Come on. Yeah. Stop playing around. Stop playing around. Be done with it. With those things that you know are contrary to me. The battle of AI. Um, those of you who know your Book of Joshua, they went over. God's ancient people went over to into the Promised Land, killed it in Jericho, didn't they? They really stuffed it. They went to AI. They thought they could mop it up. They didn't even need to. It's a little place. you will not need to send the whole troops off. God just said to the prophet, just make sure you you you, you destroy everything, all the gold, silver, everything. And they went up to take it, and they got defeated. This little thing got defeated. Send in the SAS. But Joshua, he said, no, the sin in the camp. And uh, they had a way of discernment there before the gifts of Spirit were given. Now, it's too long to go into that. But they, got, they re- drilled it down to this, this man, Achan, and his family. And what they had done, he had stored away, it siphoned away gold that was meant to be Dedicated to God through destruction, and he got under his mat. And because of that disobedience from one family, the whole move of God in them was stalled. And God was teaching them something. It matters, church. It matters how we live if we're going to advance. Okay, that's community. David and Bathsheba. Married. He should have been he should have been in bed with his wife. But instead he went up onto the roof late at night and he saw this woman bathing. Right? I don't know why she was bathing naked, but I don't know. But um, well oh, no, you bathe naked, wouldn't you? That's true, that's <laughs> true. true. Why well, you could bathe, bathe clothed and do your washing all at once. <laughs> but he shouldn't have been there looking, snooping. He was he's a voyeur, a voyeur. There's no voyeurism in the church, is it? And he got his... I'm not going to go to bed yet. And he got his Sky TV flicker on. And he's flicking through the channels. His wife is in bed. I'm not going to bed yet, dear. I don't feel tired. I'm just going to... He's got things to do. And he got drawn away from God God's rule he was, he was under authority he was a king but he was under authority to God what he did was wrong because it was contrary to God's rule okay sanctification is coming to terms with, hey that's not right I'm going to stop it There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, so God's not condemning you. Just stop it. Don't do it. Get to bed. Be with your wife. Get to bed. Be with your wife. Because it was silly. It was plain silly. That's why I believe David later on declared, give me an undivided heart that I may not sin against you. And his heart of integrity was fitted for God's purposes because he he sorted it out. Peter, the same guy, sorry, Peter, same experience later on when uh, one of the disciples, um, Jesus betrayed, he follows from a distance, he's keeping himself warm in in one of those fires around one of the braziers. Um, The disciples all deserted him. And one of these women said, "Hey, weren't you one of those? You're one of those Jesus people. You you were No, it wasn't. I wasn't following Jesus. No, not me. You must mistake it." And he goes off, and the cockerel crew crowed, not crew, crowed crowed three times. Okay. We got a cockerel next to us. We actually love it, and often think about Peter. And I'm so glad that Grace strangles the cockerel. Later on, when Peter got sorted, he said this when he wrote his letter. One Peter, his first epistle, is chapter three, verse fourteen, it said But you But you But you set your set apart Jesus Christ as Lord in your heart. One Peter three fourteen. Actually in your heart. That you set apart Jesus Christ as Lord in your hearts. He's writing to Christians. Let us make no mistake about it. If we're going to be more effective in our witness, we need to make Jesus Christ Lord in our hearts. Peter's next verse was, uh, so you may be able to give a good account of those who ask you questions right it 's a heart thing it 's a heart thing people are looking for people with who' got heart who speak the truth from the heart and the biggest hindrance to spiritual breakthrough in church is pride, but it 's a matter of being authentic with him one John two verse sixteen said this for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh the desires of the eyes, the pride in possessions, the pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world and James 4.10 it says this this is beautiful, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up remember the joystick you want to go high with God humble yourself humble yourself we've often said prayerlessness is practical atheism at work The way to greater power is to more humility and submission before Him. This has got to be right, hasn't it? Yes. That's right. And please, uh, it's got to be right. David Livingston, um, when he came back into in, England on, on furlough—that's that, what missionaries do—they have a break to go back, perhaps raise funds to go back again. But he said it was said of him when David Livingstone walked into any university in the British Isles back from the mission field in Africa, students and faculty would rise to a stunning ovation because they knew they were standing in the presence of a giant of a man. And this is an account of his decision to return to Africa. Finally, he went back to his wife one day and he said, Mary, the haunting spectre of the smoke of thousand villages in the morning sun is still burning within my heart. We need to go back. She decided that he could go. He should go, but she had to be with the children. She said, When they're old enough, I will join you again, David. And he set off on his lonely journey to preach to the African people who were so much within his heart. Are people within your heart? Is Ashford within your heart? Yeah. Are the sick within your heart? Finally, after a long time, Mary joined him and the day she set foot on African soil, she contracted a disease that they had so dreaded she she wouldn't contact. The very day she set foot on Africa, she got the disease and a few days later, David was burying her. Lowered into the soil of the African earth there, an eyewitness said, David Livingstone knelt beside the grave, weeping his heart out. And they overheard him praying, my Jesus... My king, my life, my all. I again consecrate my life to thee. I shall place no value on anything I possess or in anything I may do except in relation to thy kingdom and to thy service. Through it all came the words of God to my heart, he said. Lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Yeah. It's a heart mission. Is a heart thing. It's not reading a book about mission. Jesus said to Peter, "Peter, to you I'm giving the kingdom of the keys of the kingdom of heaven." What does that mean? Well, it, you've heard me say this before. On the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up before all the crowds because they'd seen the Holy Spirit on these people. And they said, what must we do to be saved? And i are and, and thinking, well, who's going to speak? <laughs> By that time, a bit of humility had been knocked into the disciples rather than try and vie for position. And they said, well, Peter, you better speak because you've been given the keys of the kingdom. So Peter stood up with the other, with the other 11, notice, and said, repent, be baptised, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He unlocked it and 3,000 people were saved. Wow! He could say it because it had happened in his heart. Church, what does it mean for us? I say for men, I'll say this. If you've not signed up for the men's conference, it's important. Sign up, please. Don't make excuses. Sign up. Because this is a kingdom thing. It's not about whether I can afford three quid and a bacon butty. We know that's not the point. It's perhaps we don't want to go because we we might be challenged. It might be uncomfortable. We don't even know fully what we're going to say yet. But I do know this it's a part of God's purpose for the kingdom to come in this church, through this church. Sign up. Secondly, There may be others, I, it's all of us, where attitudes in our heart can take root and dominate us. Yeah. Actions, attitudes, actions, behaviour, all these things will prohibit the kingdom of God flowing powerfully, no matter how, what phrases we use. If we judge mental behind closed doors, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. But why? Because Jesus didn't judge. He didn't come to judge. He said, the Father will judge. I'll leave that to him. No. Why? Because he knew if he started judging, the kingdom flow would, would, be, would trickle through his life. I don't want to flow. I'm fed, up, I'm fed up with little. I want more. The Israelites, before they crossed over into the land of their provision, and I think we're, we're coming to that moment as a church, a land of provision, the word was now dedicate yourselves this day because you're going to need to be dedicated before you cross over. Church, this is who we worship. He's King Jesus. King Jesus. Some people said, We will not have this man rule over us. <laughs> Crazy. Kingdom of love, joy, peace, and Holy Spirit. Musicians. I'm not asking you to go forward. <coughs> Musicians, too. All of you that lead in worship. Make sure your heart's right with God. Sometimes we miss out on the musicians because they're here and we're there. But musicians, make sure your heart's right with God. We want the kingdom to flow. It's wonderful what's happening, but we want more, don't we? Make sure your heart's right with God. Community group leaders, make sure your heart's right with God. Right? There's no, there's no besetting sin. Yeah. This is... He died for this stuff. He died for you. Don't let's trash it and make light of it. Because God was going to do great things through this church. Going to do it. It's going to do great things. I believe we're going to have an outbreak of the spirits through Alpha, in a, in a special a new way. The council are now coming to us asking for help. We're on the verge of something, church. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and rest upon us now so can we just get comfortable because the Lord knows everything about you anyway <laughs> he's that clever I don't know he does it but he knows, he knows everything about you he just knows everything about you and he still loves you isn't that wonderful so we can, we can know we're accepted in this moment he's for us if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to know this: it requires surrender to Him. It, it, what it is is you, you say, "Jesus, cleanse me from all sin." I'm not trusting in church ritual. I'm not trusting trusting my own goodness. That I'm I'm not trusting that if I do more good than evil, I'll get there. No, it doesn't work like that. It's, salvation is a free gift. But I give my life to you. I give everything to you. And is, is is a killer punch. And I surrender my life to you. Jesus, come and be Lord of my life. Actually, I'm going to pray that now, before I move on. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer quietly to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me for all my sin. And now come and take up residence in my life. That you would be in charge of my life. I give the driving wheel to you, Lord, from this moment on.